Hey guys, you're now listening to the Maranatha House Podcast. you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was relieved, he did not leave. He did not revel in return when he was suffering. He did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that, having died to the sins, we might live for righteousness. You have been healed by his wounds, or, or you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. Ooh, that's a full passage. Yeah. I'm not sure why I have it in this section. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I think it makes more sense in the Savior section, but whatever. We'll just kind of keep on going. Right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so Jesus is Christ the Lord, and the... But of course, while those other people, I guess I almost want to say kind of 
I could see how they could doubt what he was saying just because he came in a form that was not expected. Um, people didn't expect the Christ to look like a regular man and to be meek and submit to the authority of you know other people, really, namely like his parents. Um, he really didn't meet their expectations in that way. And, and then he's also making these wild claims of like who he is. So I can kind of see them being like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it doesn't make it any less true. And for us, we have the benefit of knowing. So it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then also, of course, I think most of us are familiar with the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. Um, talking about the word being the flesh, which I'd actually like for us to read. First John or just John? John? Just John. Okay. John chapter 1. 1 through 18. Anybody like to read? John, John chapter 1. I can read. What was the verses again? Sorry. 1 through 18. So if you want to read the first nine. Yeah, um, I can do someone that. Someone else can read the, the second. Section. Who shall read the next section? What's the next section? 9 Fine. through, or I guess 10 through 18. Right. I will try. Okay. Do your best, Angel. You will do well. <laughs> in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through, through him might believe. He was not the, sorry, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. This, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of natural, not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one who I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we all we have all received grace in place of and we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the only but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Wow, he uses so many words. <laughs> yeah. His phrasing is so interesting to me. There's a lot of light. Yeah, yeah, that for sure. It was word, it was God, it was word. The God was not <laughs> the word, the word was good. Like, the new one. Yeah. The new one, the newest drop. <laughs> <laughs> but this speaks of um, his deity, mm -hmm. if you will, like him as God. Uh, 
Because, like he said, at the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hello. <laughs> Hello, son. <laughs> Hi, bitch. It's okay. Hi. And so, it also, uh, he actually names Christ near at the end, um, and, and speaks of how when he became flesh and dwelt among us, that that was the Son of God. Um, so I think this passage is really clear, if there were questions, that he is himself God. Um, and the third person of the Godhead, he's the Father, mm-hmm. the Son, the Word, the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Godhead. So he's God. And now we talk about him as Savior. Um, and something that I knew but looked into a little bit more like in Leviticus is how um, animals were offered for sacrifices. Um, offered as sacrifice for burnt and sin offering. And often it, it would be maybe not often, I think at all times. Um, it would be an animal that was without blemish, right. without spot, um, and a lot of times it would be a young animal. They had to be kind of the best that you have. Uh, and as we read in Peter, which is why I was saying this probably makes more sense in the yeah, yeah. section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being sinless, without spot, without wrinkle, without right. blemish, um, as he was, is the sacrifice for us. And he's able to be that because of his sinlessness, because he was perfect. Um, and so his blood being shed covers all sin. Like back in way, way, way back in the day. <laughs> like if you were to sin, then you'd have to um, submit an offering to the priest at the temple for that and so you have to that animal whoever you know whichever animal that you were offering would have to be killed and there would be things that they would do with their blood as well as the fat all sorts of things um and so in this jesus was that um like as our savior he was that offering um that sacrifice right for us yeah which is a huge deal Mm -hmm. it's a huge deal yeah Sure. Like you said in Leviticus, I actually did like a little, I didn't finish the study because Leviticus sucks sometimes to read through. But I uh, was listening to this guy, Dr. Michael Heiser, talk about Leviticus and just the importance of the whole Jewish aspect. And it was instituted by God, how they, you know, uh, were able to make atonement for their sins, mm-hmm. you know. But it always costed you, it costed you a lot. And. It was, but it wasn't permanent. It was right. just like every time you sinned, it was like right. okay. And there was a different ceremony for different types of sins and all this stuff. So it was so rigorous and all this stuff. And it's like that's why the Peter verse. I love that verse, like that you brought up because Peter is so Jewish, thoroughly <laughs> Jewish. Like he understands the Jewish con- context of Jesus mm-hmm. and what he did. And so that verse that you. Uh, brought up verse 24 uh i think that was part of it right 224 mm-hmm. it said he who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree mm-hmm. and that verse right there is they 
going automatically back to an Old Testament passage that talks about uh, he who hangs on a tree is cursed. And a Jewish, for a Jewish person to be hanged on a tree, you are a cursed person. So, it's like, yes, Jesus was took on the curse, the sin, and being dead to sin, that we live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes we are healed. That's like Isaiah 53, where it talks about by his stripes we are healed. But Jewish people don't even read that verse. You know, Jewish people don't even uh, read chapter 53 of Isaiah. They call it uh, something like the hidden passage of Isaiah that they don't believe in because they think it's added to the text. But it's just so, I, I guess I bring all that up to bring up the fact that, like, what you're bringing up, the Old Testament is so powerful. Like, we have to read the Old Testament. And, like, especially Leviticus is, like, I said it sucks. But there is so much good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. About, like, how the Lord wants to interact with us and what he's done for us through Jesus. It's, like, it really makes you go, I love the Lord so much. He went through all of this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, like, why he reacts to some of the ways that he does throughout yeah. scripture. I think, right. one, it's if you're reading the old, the New Testament without the Old Testament, right. things will be lost. Wow. Because they're not separate. Right. And it, they're not meant to be separate. No. Standalone no. works, if you will. Right. Um, and so, by reading the Old Testament, it can really inform a lot of the ways that we understand the New Testament and that was the intention. Yeah. 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 Um, and the thing about like Leviticus, right, like Book of Law, um, is that it really can help us understand a lot of other things also. So not just the way that the Lord reacts to things that we see in, right. in the New Testament or, you know, even further in Old Testament, but also um some of like the consequences that people have to face now because they broke a law. Yeah. Um, and also, honestly, I think it has very real world um, implications even now. Right. Like we can see this is what the Lord said would happen if this is what we choose. If right. This is what we do. Right. And we see that playing out right, in right, our right. world. I mean, this was obviously still world too, <laughs> but not a time that we lived in. Yeah. But we can still see these things happening now. Like scripture is timeless. Yes. Yes. And while a lot of things were written with the context of culture in mind for the specific audience, right? Um, it still has real world implications now, so that yeah. we can still see playing out. So yeah, it still spans absolutely. the culture yeah. gap. Yeah. But that was so. The thing is, as I was looking into that, because I knew that that was true, that he was the sacrifice for us. I learned a lot of new things about sin offerings and burnt offerings, which I will go ahead and say full disclosure. I still don't know the difference between those two. Um, I don't why a burnt versus a sin offering, but when you read Leviticus, they are spoken of separately. Like they're each mentioned. So a burnt offering, a sin offering. So that tells me there's something about them that's different and I'm not exactly sure what that is. And also like a peace offering. I think other stuff. From what I remember, I think the burnt offerings are more of ceremonial cleanness so like if you're trying to worship the lord like we talk about with uh communion and like communion it's like if you have anything against your brother drop the communion at the table and then go forgive your brother yeah that would be considered like ceremonial like clean cleanliness and for the old testament like if you stood in the presence of god yet were unclean boy you better watch out (laughs) because you just dropped dead right so this was a way for the priests to 
give up offerings just to like ritually purify themselves so that they could stand before God and do their priestly duties. The sin offering is pretty much just what it sounds like. It's like confessing to certain sins and difference between like you do one once a year as like just in case I miss anything there's an offering yeah there's like if I committed a sin I know it's like a transgression I need to get clean of it right away yeah right there's pretty much if you can think of it I think there's an offering for it yeah but yes you're right yeah so okay I really appreciate you bringing up the OT stuff though. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it's a big deal. There is no NT without an OT. Right. Fair point. Yeah. So he was our sacrifice in a perfect one. So not just covering one transgression or one sin, but all of them. Yeah. Um, and then he also gives us life, where Adam gives us death. Uh-huh. In um, actually, in Colossians chapter two, it says that um, Jesus was buried, or no, that we have been buried in baptism no. with him, yep. and also raised with him right. as well. Yeah. Um, and then even in Romans, and I actually want us to read some of this. Uh, it says that by one man. Sin and death entered. My, my favorite passage in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then by one man we are justified yeah. in life. We can read that. What verses are those? Um, Romans chapter 5. I have 12 through 21. Yeah. Which might be more than we need to read, but I feel like I have time. Anyone? Anybody? I'll read it. Thank you. Uh, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also as the free gift. For if through the offense of one many may be dead, uh, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more... They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so the righteousness of one, the free gift, came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one man shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Right. Thank you. And in that passage, uh, justification is mentioned several times. Mm -hmm. And justification, or being justified, means to be declared righteous, just, or innocent. Um, And so specifically, 
in this passage, uh, it's really talking about how we don't have to, we no longer have to be condemned. Yeah. Um, because the sacrifice of Jesus has made us justified. So, so that we can be declared innocent and not have to bear any consequence, if you will, of any sin that we choose to live in. Um, because as we know, the wages of sin is death, but we don't have to carry that because Jesus did. That said, obviously not a lot, maybe not obviously, not a license to run around and (laughs) let sin abound. (laughs) That's like literally the next verse. Yeah, Romans 6 1 is what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound hell no (laughs) in effect (laughs) absolutely not yeah Um, yeah so definitely not a license to just go out and just be living in sin or anything like that however um, this thing that we chose before we chose the father that's covered Um, and we don't have to be condemned to death which is the unfortunate free gift that we got from <laughs> the, the choice of Adam, Thanks, if you will. And it, I also thought it was really interesting how it specifically says Adam as opposed to Eve right. when it really started with her. Um, but I kind of wonder if things would have been different had Adam been like, nah, bruh. Oh, We're yeah. not doing that. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah. wonder. It's he hard to say stayed. that it was her when. Interesting. I never noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so right, like oh again, God. specifically it's saying that. that yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like sin entered by one man, and referring to Adam here. You want to know why? Ooh, that's the stuff right there. What? Just don't click. Okay. The I mean the serpent tempted her, but she went to Adam and said, "Let's do it," and he said, "I." But he could have said. Yeah, because he's the leader of the Well, but household. he, I That's, mean, but she, yeah. but she committed the sin first, though. But she did eat, I think, before. Mm-hmm. She, she did, because it says that she ate of the fruit, and then she took it to Adam. And was, I mean, I don't know, if, I don't remember if it simply says, and she was like, here, eat of this. Yeah. But yeah. then he ate. So she actually, beyond being tempted, she yeah. actually she, sinned. Um, but because she's under Adam. Right, house. and that's, Adam I think, just sin. godly order. Like you, because men yeah. are responsible for their household. Yeah. That the Lord is like, when I got questions, I'm you. <laughs> yeah. as, as the man, as the husband. And so he no, no. was head of that household. He was responsible for their actions. Which, which and not to say that obviously women are not responsible Preston. for their actions. They definitely are. Yeah. I think in terms of the it looks like the long-term implications, though, really came from Adam yeah. um, making the choice to sin as well. Right. When he should have covered his wife. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Jesus covers us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Yeah. Well, it's interesting because he wouldn't have had anything... I guess he would have had something to sacrifice that wasn't a part of his <laughs> wherewithal yet. Yeah. But he could have also asked the Lord. I mean... His voice was walking with him yeah, through the garden. So he could have said, first of all, no, we're not doing this. Second of all, serpent, you need to get up out of here. Right. Third of all, Lord, now what do we do? <laughs> because right. this is happening. That's so true. now what do we do? How do we fix this? Um, and I mean, that is that was an option too. But that's 
not the choice that he made. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. But even though we, even though that happened, uh, we still were saved. <laughs> we all would have done what Adam did. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm built it. I would hope not as I've well. Seen about I just forty times just by waking up. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do when you woke up, huh? I woke up and I lied. Yeah, I lie and I lie. Today's gonna be a good day. <laughs> I can't wait to go to church. <laughs> Again, we see that okay, sin and death entered, but now we have justification, which is great. Um, and I think I, I know growing up, like I always heard the phrase "Jesus saves." Mm-hmm. So I would see it on a sign. Actually, fun fact: um, where my dad is from, when we would drive down there, which we did a lot when I was younger, and actually we're going down there next weekend, which is fun. Nice. Daddy daughter trip. My little sister is also coming with us too, so that'll be fun. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but we would get on, or we'd be turning onto the street that he grew up on, which actually is called, it actually is called Coopertown Road, because it's just a bunch of my family that lives on that street. Nice. We just said so we we're going to be here and populate. Yeah. We need to take this block. Um, so anyway, there's a sign that has been there for years and years and years, and it says that Jesus saves. And it's interesting because I would sometimes think like saves us from what, you know, like I know that, um, we, I think since being Christian, I've learned like we get to have intimate relationship like with the father. Um, and we don't have to live in a life of sin and spiritual death, that kind of thing. Um, but I kind of wondered, you know, what else does he save us from? And I heard this, um, teaching that was very surprising to me. Uh, but I found, I mean, obviously I saw evidence of it in scripture mm-hmm. and he gave scripture to back up his claim. Um, but I actually want us to read a couple of sections and they're relatively quick. Uh, so we've got John chapter three, verse 31 through 36, which I can read that if somebody else will read Romans chapter five, verse six through 11. Should have told me not to leave my page. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Should have said stay right where you are. Yeah. Turn one page to the left. John 16. Is that three. what he said? Or three? John three. <laughs> Sorry, I automatically went to John 3, 16. What's that? 31 through 26. 31. Okay. And then Romans 5, 6 through 11. Can somebody get that? I got Romans. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so John 3, 31. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Mm. 
which was like wild. Um, and and suggest that prior to believing in the Son, that we had the wrath of God yeah, sure. on us. Yeah. Don't want those problems. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't like that no. yep. Are you ready to say something? I wonder if that's, this might be way off out, but prior to Jesus, if we didn't have, if all we had was the wrath of God, does that mean that Jesus brought new grace? No, because grace was still in the Old Testament. Well, they had the offerings and stuff they would. <clears throat> yeah. Is that what you mean? No, like, like I said, that's why out there it's a form of thought. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. I was going to say, that, uh, that, that verse we just read reminds me, we talked about it one time here. I can't remember where it's at. But it's when Jesus says, um, a builder, before he even builds a building, he counts up the cost of what it costs to build the building. And, like, he's not going to start building if he doesn't already have what it takes to buy it. And then he talks about, and who of you, uh, if a king was coming against you with an army of, like, 2,000, you had an army of 1,000, wouldn't just meet him out in the middle and say, like, let's make a deal, in effect. Mm -hmm. And that whole passage, I've had that stuck in my head for the past, like, year because I thought it was so good. I learned so much. But it's basically Jesus saying... Do you have what it takes to follow me? Are you going to give everything? And then he also says, but do you have what it takes to not follow me? You know, because, and that implies that he's against us. You know, and that kind of, I think, goes back to the wrath thing. Like God's wrath being on us. We we are of this world and he opposes this world. Um, That's why we got to pick the right side. Yeah. True. For sure. Romans. Yep, I'm going to read Romans. For while we were still helpless, at the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for just a person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from his wrath. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have now received this reconciliation through him. So this specific, I mean, this outright says that we've been saved by Jesus from the wrath of God. Yep. Um, I think he saves us from a lot of things, not just one thing. Um, because, of course, we're saved from sin and death, and we saw that uh, back in Romans. We're also saved from the wrath of God. And one thing I found interesting, or not interesting, I kind of feel like I overused that word, so I'm trying to use other words. But <laughs> when I have read... Um, some different books in the Old Testament and reading about the wrath of God. Like, that's some tough stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And then also even reading Revelation and, Mm -hmm. like, what's to come. Mm -hmm. Um, He is not a joke. Not at all. And it's it's wild to think uh, that we've been saved from his wrath by his own sacrifice. Like, not something that we did other than making the choice to believe on his son and say, yeah, you are true. Right. 
Um, but, I mean, he orchestrated the whole thing, which we'll talk about in just a minute, but how he orchestrated it such that we could be saved literally from his wrath, and not only that, had the gift of intimate relationship with him. Right. Uh, that's pretty incredible. That's amazing. I think that's the mark of an incredible God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, like, that is why it's so important to stay, like, humble through it all. Because I've seen so many Christians get puffed up through the grace teachings and the abuse of grace t- teachings to say, like, oh, well, I'm God's son. Like, I, I got nothing wrong with me. And, like, God's got wrath on all these other people. And he's going to pour out his wrath on these other people. But I'm good, you know. But why are you good? Did you do anything good? What did you do to add to your salvation? I think of, like, God and Job. Mm-hmm. How Were you there when I created the world? You know, like, yeah. but, like, that is just why it's so important to stay humble and especially too if the world if the wrath of god is being is actively working against the world today shouldn't that drive us deeper into like love and like discipleship and evangelism rather than let me just stay up in my church and just hang out and like get to know him better like i'm not saying that that's wrong to know him better but you know what is what was Jesus' whole ministry was just his life being poured out and loving people, you know, and saving people from the wrath, and like I think that's like something that's passed down to us. It's just an interesting thought, but I really like how you brought that up, like just bring staying humble, you know, like what did you do to add to the salvation then? other than just saying yes? <laughs> it's like God gave you, He created both choices, made both options, and said, "Here you go, pick one." You literally get to say yes or no. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, we're his sons and daughters because he chose that. Yeah. Like, not because we were just these shining people. And right. he was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like he decided that he wanted us. Um, and, I mean, he created us because he wanted us. Like, he started from this place of love and wanting to love us and us love him. That's what we were created yeah. for. Um, but I think also when thinking about this, it's like it's not a tyrant situation where either you choose the side of the tyrant just so that you're saved from the ways that he would harm you or you yeah. are harmed by him or whatever. But in that situation, like your being on the side of the tyrant might not even be something that you necessarily agree with. And you might also be living in this terrible fear of, you know, him harming you or whatever. Whereas for us, it's like, we're saved from the wrath of God, but even through that, we are given life yeah. and abundant yeah, life. Yeah, right. Um, so it's not a thing where we're, you know, choosing something that's devoid of goodness. We're actually choosing the only thing that is good. Yeah. Because even outside of the wrath of God, there's also all the consequences of choosing the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean that's not a good look either. No. <laughs> no ma'am. <laughs> and you so think the just, world's consequences are bad. <laughs> just wait till you meet the rat. Yeah, not something you want. No. At all. Um, and then so from that point it's kind of like, okay, so now I've learned more about Jesus as a man, as well as him as God, as well as him as a savior. So kind of why mm-hmm. does this matter or how does this affect my life outside of you know making a choice that kind of thing 
And um, <coughs> so that brings me back to what we were talking about before, um, just, you know, in the, what kind of happened, right? So God created the heavens and the earth right. and he created us. Um, and then people <laughs> decided to reject the Lord. Right. <laughs> and so then sin entered the mm-hmm. world um, and abounded, unfortunately. Um, but when that happened, though, there became discord or discord entered into relationships with each other. Like you yeah. see with Adam and Eve, they were naked and unashamed in Eden, um, just walking around. Fancy Letting green. it all hang out. <laughs> Fancy green. <laughs> Just great. I'm like, yay, yay, y'all. Stevie Wonder in the background. Um, uh, Living their best life. Um, and also, they were in this, you know, perfect relationship with the Lord in that he, his voice walked through the garden uh, with them. And they knew him. Um, and that was good. But then after uh, choosing sin then we see that you know their eyes were opened and they were like oh we need to cover ourselves so that um naked and unashamed went away because they started covering themselves from one another which i would imagine to be walking around with someone just across the earth naked and unashamed would probably require lots of trust um in another person that i can have myself you know, exposed to you in this very vulnerable and intimate way and trust that you're not going to abuse that, that you're not going to take advantage of that or hurt me, right? But then there was this need now to cover themselves, um, which is kind of the opposite of where they were before. And not only the need to cover themselves, but to run from the Lord when they heard him coming. Mm -hmm. But also it was no sin, so there was no need to cover themselves. It was like, I don't know if it actually was very vulnerable, Mm-hmm. Or very, like, there was just inerrant, like, trust and... Yeah. Well, yeah, they were just... Just, just, just normal. Yeah. Almost. But afterwards, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. Why that's, like, one of the first things that happens is that they were aware that they were naked. And they yeah. Were like, they became selfish. Yeah. Or maybe self-aware. Self-aware. Self-seeking. Self... Yeah. Yeah. Self, self, self. Good point. Yeah. Um, and so we see the kind of a breakdown in, in their relationship with one another. Um, and then, of course, shortly after that, they have these two sons and one kills another one. <laughs> so that's really not great. Um, but yeah, also, real quick. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and a breakdown in their relationship with the Lord and that they were hiding from him. Um, which we don't see any mention of him hiding from him before. Right. right before this happened. Um, but the Lord gives a promise, and while he is cursing the serpent as well as Adam and Eve, or telling them at least of the consequences that they will face, one of the things that he says is that the seed of Eve would strike the head of the serpent. Um, and so there's already this promise of overcoming, overcoming the enemy. Um, and then not only that, later on, he is creating covenants. I mean, he's kind of feels like he's passing $2 text. Um, yeah. But one of the covenants that he makes with Abraham is that all of the nations will be blessed by his seed. And Jesus actually comes from I mean, the lineage of uh, Abraham, David, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so he sends Jesus, who is fully man and fully God, to fulfill this covenant. Uh, because Jesus being the seed of Eve and that he lived as a man, he was able to kind of check that box, if you will. Um, but also him also, or him being God, allowed him to do things that as humans we wouldn't be able to do. Um, and lead a perfect and sinless life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that covenant was fulfilled through him. Um, and then we were reconciled to the Lord by the sacrifice of Jesus um, so that we could have reconciled relationships with each other as well as with the Lord himself. Um, and that we can do what we were actually created to do, which is to love him and to love people, um, to serve him and to serve people as well. So, do that. And also, during when Jesus died, I think we talked about this a couple, a few weeks ago, how the veil was torn. Um, so that kind of separation from the presence of God was done away with, and we could be in His presence. Um, and then the Lord also continues to offer a promise to those who believe. Um, and this takes me to my lovely passage in Jude. Um, I can just read Jude. that real quick. Let's read it. Because it's great. Because Jude is a good book. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Holy smokes. No, there's like literally a little bit left in there. Read 24 and 25, and I will read that. Um, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And so the cool thing is, like, even though the choice of man is what caused the breakdown in relationship with one another, as well as the relationship with the Lord, immediately after that, because he loves us and wants to be in relationship with us, he gave a promise, and he also made a way for us to be reconciled. Um, and then, even beyond that, he's like, anyone that believes on my son can be saved, not only from my wrath, but also from living in sin and death, spiritual death. Um, and then even beyond that, he's like, when you believe on me, I will keep you, and I will protect you, and I will be your strong tower, and I will be your strong arm. Um, to the point of presenting us before himself with great joy, mm. blameless, mm. and even us being the bride of Christ. Um, that's like incredible yeah. for him to promise such a thing. And he really puts a lot of responsibility on himself to keep us. Yeah. Because the thing is, we are going to have arrows, and there are going to be darts and shots and whatever else that are going to come towards us. But he said, believe on me, stick with me, and I will take care of you. I will keep you. I will do that hard work, that heavy lifting. And even beyond that, gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us to do things that we can't do in our own strength. So, there is the gospel, y'all. Nice. 
Cute area. Which is incredible. Um, that was awesome. And so, at, just kind of as like a closing, not really remark, but there's this song that he gave me, uh, very, very short, uh, while I was driving and studying for this teaching um, that I will sing for you all now. It's like a little, <laughs> a little summary of um, the gospel, if you will. Very short summary. Um, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna do drink You mean it? Like, can I play the guitar or anything like that? No, it's very short. It's like too long. You want me to beatbox? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really set the mood. Set the mood. Set the mood. Okay. Set the mood. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope today's podcast blessed you. And as always, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus.